This is Dan, and you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Holy District this week. Um, Last week was Easter, and if you didn't get the chance to listen to our Last Words series as we release an episode every day um, focusing on Jesus's last words on the cross. Um, You can go back and listen to that and um, reflect on that. Um, And then we also have an Easter reflection for you too on there. Um, But today I'm going to share something with you. We are working on a new series and we'll pick that up next week. Um, So tune in for that. Um, And then I want to share a quick thought with you. Uh, Last week we were having Easter celebrations and we, um, in Gilbert, we went out to a lake and we were sitting outside eating breakfast together Um, Because in Arizona, the weather is nice and warm. And so we're sitting outside having breakfast and reading the resurrection story with our community and um, reflecting on it and sharing. And a really cool conversation came out of it, talking about uh, how death isn't scary, um, that uh, it's actually can be peaceful and joyful. And there's grief, um, some really difficult grief in it. But our community uh, was sharing from their own personal stories of parents passing away. And yet at the same time, there was a lot of joy there because they got to spend time with their parent as they were dying. And I know people have things happen unexpectedly, um, but in this instance, they knew their parents had passed away young um, too, but like they knew and Um, I don't know all of the details, but uh, they were just sharing like those were some of their favorite memories because of the time they got to share with them and listen and um, the conversations they got to have. And it's interesting to me uh, that in that, in their grief and in their pain, it got to be a gift to them. And... um, I think it got to be a gift because they got to reflect and they got to listen and they got to process in advance. Um, And when it comes unexpected, it's a lot harder. Um, But it was a cool moment to sit there and hear um, some people from our community share that with us and invite people into it. And I think that um, when we when we see um, death, we tend to fear it because we don't know what's on the other side. And it means leaving all of this behind. But I think Jesus um, provides another option and he gives us reason to hope. Um, that's why I follow him. Um, it, cause it's not just like, oh, I go to heaven. It's no, like you get to come back and you get to, um, see the world in a new way. 
And you don't have to be afraid because death is just the soil to new life. Um, and I want to connect that and point that out for you. And so it was Earth Day this week as well. And so Brooke and I were talking about Earth and creation and um, how we could take care of the Earth better. And it got me reflecting on creation and the creation story. And so I was starting to read it. Um, and this, it's a really cool account, um, cause there's seven, six days of creation. And at the end of creation, humanity is made. And then God places humanity in the garden after he's created all the other things. Um, and when you reflect on the other creation stories that would have existed at that time, um, the Hebrew creation story is very different because God, um, is presented as a caring gardener. And a loving gardener who takes deep care for his creation. Um, and you see that when in other creation stories, like one that immediately comes to mind is called Enuma Elish. Um, it would have been um, from the Babylonian portion of the world. Um, I can't think of the other name. It starts with a C. Chad? No, that's not right. I can't think of the other name for uh but Babylonian is coming to mind. I know there's another um, name to go with it that's more right than just Babylonian. But Numa Elish and um, the world gets created. Um, there are gods battling over each other, and um, they def- one of the gods dies or defeats the other, and um, then it takes the the carcass of that dead god. I think it's like a dragon, and it rips it in half. And then as um, it's ripping it in half, it then uses that dead carcass to create humans who then are supposed to labor for in slavery to those gods um, to support them. And the gods then just get to rest and do nothing um, because they now have their slaves or their workers that are going to appease them and take care of them. Contrast that with the Hebrew story where humans are not made from the dead carcass of a god, but they're made from the very dirt um, of creation and the very um, things that God has called good up until this point. He takes those and pieces them together and creates humans and then breathes life into him. He breathes um, his spirit into them. And there's a lot that could be reflected on there, but I think that shows um, God's kind, his loving kindness towards humans, because um, the pinnacle of the creation story in the Hebrew scriptures is the creation of humanity. And the pinnacle in um, other creation stories is the gods just getting to rest and humans having to slave for them. And that's not how the Hebrew story ends. God rests because he says, I've created humans and it is complete and I get to rule with them. Humans aren't made to be his slave. Um, And then you know the rest. Um, Well, maybe you don't, but if you don't, humans then, uh, well, so in chapter two, it then recounts the creation of man and woman again. And it says, God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth for the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth. And there um, were no people to cultivate the soil. And so, Then he creates man, and it says, Then the Lord God planted a garden 
in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. So God has created everything, um, and yet he still hasn't made Eden. Like, I think when I think of the creation story, I used to think God was just making Eden. And it's like, no, he made everything else. And then he created a special garden for his people to be in. And so that, again, shows the care, the kindness, the concern of that. Humans, God, and then there's this tree and God says, don't eat from it. And humans then choose to not trust God and to uh, create their own world um, and to decide for themselves what is good and what is evil. And then it causes them to fall. They have to leave the garden. But the interesting thing is God is like walking through these things. Um, is God never curses humans. He curses the dirt. He curses how they will, the toil. Um, he curses the serpent. And he says, oh, birth will now be painful. But he doesn't curse the humans themselves. And you would think then like in that it's like, God called them very good, so he would now say, oh, now you are very bad. But he says, no, it's just going to get more difficult for you because you're, you've worked against me and you've not trusted me and you've decided for yourselves this is good and this is bad and that trusting me was bad. And so uh, now as you go out and create your own world, you're going to have to work like I did and it's going to be harder. Fast forward that. So they leave... And we're going to fast forward all the way to Jesus because it was Easter last week. And I read a post that made me think of this. Um, And so in John 20, um, verse 11, it says, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stood and looked in. She saw two white robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken him away, my lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. I read a post um, from a guy named Jonathan Martin. And I want to read this to you um, because I really loved it and I loved how it painted God or Jesus as the gardener. John's gospel tells us that Mary Magdalene saw the resurrected Jesus first and supposed him to be a gardener. As it is generally in the gospels, the woman in the story is not a prop but the wise, intuitive sage that gets it right when no one else does. As it is, was, as it is, was the woman who stood by Jesus in his crucifixion when all the men fled. The spotlight is once again on the faithful witness of a woman. She does not make a haphazard guess when she supposes him to be a gardener. The discovery in the text is not that she was wrong to think Jesus was a gardener, but rather the surprise that the gardener is Jesus. That distinction is crucial. She wasn't wrong to assume that God was a gardener. She was more right than anyone had ever been. God is a gardener. In the ever-cosmic concerns of the Gospel of John, intentionally conjuring the image of the Garden of Eden, revisited and rebooted, the start of a whole new creation story. She saw that God is a gardener. She saw that God is not an idea. 
but a pattern of death and resurrection. She saw that God is not abstract, but earthy. She didn't yet know that the gardener was Jesus, but she intuited that God was the gardener before she knew what name to call the mystery by. I just want to say, in a time when so many people I know are ambiguous about their faith, I don't feel any affinity so much with the people who get the language right about God, but who see the reality of what is. You might change your perspective on the identity of the gardener in seconds. Mary did. Is it just a man? Is it the Christ? I'm less interested in your words than if you recognize the reality at work in the dirt. Do you see the death is not the end, but the soil? Do you see that the path to life isn't the avoidance of death, but the welcoming of it? That resurrection isn't a doctrine, but the way of all things. Mary saw the gardener and was surprised to find the gardener was the Christ. On Easter, many disciples today would have a much different problem. They claim to know that Christ is the resurrected one, but have yet to discover what Mary first learned, that God is a gardener. But I love what he's pointing out there, that perhaps through the death, through the pain, through the hardships that we're going through is the soil to a new garden. And when Jesus came back to life, his death was simply the soil into the new creation. God started off creating this world and he, he wanted to partner with humans and create a good world. And yet we chose not to trust and we chose that what he created was bad. So we needed to do it ourselves. And I don't know if you've looked around, but the way humanity seems to be trying to run things and the way that I try to run things in my own life, I realize that when I do it apart from Jesus, it's not good. That it seems to be more self-centered and more selfish. But when I trust the gardener, when I trust Jesus, I see the new, the good, the creation coming forth out of the soil. So as you go this week, ask yourself, what soil is around me that God is trying to spring out life? And then go and do stuff. And trust that the gardener is there with you, working and toiling, bringing about his new creation. Thanks, guys. The Holy District is a growing network of people in Allentown, Pennsylvania and Gilbert, Arizona, seeking to rediscover sacred in everyday places. If you want to partner with us through prayer, through financial support as we seek sustainability, um, or through opening up a space, feel free to message us. If you need spiritual direction, um, you can find us online, and we'll, we are happy to schedule a time with you. Thanks, and have a good week.